Welcome to Hachzeik, the Daily Musar Impact Initiative. Hello, my sweetest friends, and welcome back to Hachzeik, Daily Limit of Shem. We are up to day 23. Previously in Hachzeik, we were discussing the third and lowest level of the Hamon Am when it comes to the motivation uh, for Zahiris, for introspection, exponentness, and and be motivated to, to serve Hashem and work towards perfection, which is the level of Scharva Onish. And the Mishnah Sharm was beginning to discuss the idea that if someone focuses enough on the the level of, of detail of which Hashem um, judges us and, and recognizes and scrutinizes and inspects our deeds, it would certainly motivate us to to be more careful with our Baruch Hashem. And Vaita today we're going to go into bringing a lot of rayas of, of to what level on this theme of Hashem scrutinizing the, level, the specific details of, of specifically the tzaddikim that we know of. Odamru. Further, it says in Yivamos, that his Hashem's surroundings are extremely nisara, uh, turbulent, is, is how our scroll describes it. Upheaval, it's mivobah. Uh, this teaches us, the Gemara tells us, that Hashem is medaktek, he is very, he scrutinizes to the greatest level of detail Specifically, when it comes to the Hasidim, the, the, the highest level of tzaddikim that we have, kichotasar, like a hair's breadth. That's a you know, it's a Jewish on the words of nisara, which is a lotion of seir, which is which is hair. And then the Gemara is not going to bring a number of examples that show this. Avram, first example is Avram Avinu, Avram, who Avram of the Kono. Avram, this is a person that is beloved by Hashem. Hashem the pasuk in Yeshaya calls Avram Avram Ohavi. Hashem refers to Avram as my beloved one, beloved who is loved to me. So clearly we're talking about someone that's very close to Hashem, holding in, in great esteem to Hashem. He didn't escape judgment uh, from things even that are very um, specific and meticulous. For example, when Hashem promised Avram Avinu about the Brisbane of Sarim, I believe it was about the Brisbane of Sarim, that Kaisal would be um, getting eventually getting Eretz Yisrael, Yes, how will I know? From what will I know that they will ultimately inherit it? And, and Avramina was thinking, you know, how do I know? It was, it was a, it was a proper judgment. How do I know that um, the future generations will have the merit to, to inherit the land properly? And that was his, that was his concern. Amar Lo, Kadeshbrochu responds to him, As a result, your children will be strangers in a strange, strange land, referring to um, the time in in Mitzrayim. And the Maral explains this is actually Midah Kedek Midah because what Avram was doing was showing a slight lacking in Amunah when he says, Hashem told him, they're going to have the land. And then he says, well, how will I know? Even though, the, again, the Cheshman, it makes sense that he would think, oh, how I know they'll be, they'll be Zocha. Maybe they won't have the merits. But Hashem told him he'll get the land. So it was even the slightest lacking of Amunah. So therefore, what do we have to do? As Kalah the experience of Mitzrayim helped build our Amunah through Hashem taking out the Achazaka, with the Makos, the Maral explains. So, that, that boost of Amunah that Kalah got from training themselves to know what it means to be an Eved, for example, and what it means to see Hashem's hand begoloid um, with the Makos and taking us out and bringing us to Tar Sinai, that whole experience was a Midah that we needed to, you know, boost Kalah Amunah that was maybe even the slightest bit lacking in our, in our forefather, Abba Movino. Another example, Ashakar's bris, Imavi Melech, Also, Amravino made a bris in order to try to maintain peace with Avimelech. And I'm going to delay the simcha of your children to get into Israel. They waited seven generations before they got in. That's going to get the seven paras, the seven um, oxen that that um, that Avramina brought when it comes to his his gifts, um, uh, when it comes to his experience with and treaty that he did with with Avimelech.
Also, we say, When Rachel was davening, she wanted children, didn't have children. She goes, turns to Yaakov and says, Give me children. And, and Avraminu says, and Yaakov responds to her, I'm sorry. Yaakovinu responds and says, Am I instead of Hashem? His goal there was to say, Your tefillahs are greater than mine. Um, uh, Tzadik ben Rasha versus Tzadik ben Tzadik tefillahs. You should, you should, uh, no, I'm sorry, that was actually, I think, with, with Yisak and Rivka. Yaakov is telling her, Rachel, you daven, daven, please. Your tefillahs are huge. Uh, please, please daven yourself. But obviously, it was it was done in in, in, a, in a even slightly insensitive way. So the Medrash says, in response to Yaakov treating her this way, this is how you respond. Is that you answer someone that's broken and crushed? Even if his cheshbon would have been right, that you know he's encouraging her, you should daven. It should have been done in in a, in a more empowering and supportive way, not in the in the quote unquote crash way that Yaakovina did. Therefore, Hashem promised him. The, your children from the other wives are going to stand before her children. Obviously referring to the time that the brothers ended up in front of Yosef at Sadiq, specifically after Yaakov Vina passed away, and the brothers were concerned. Now that Yaakov passed away, they were afraid, oh no, and now maybe Yosef will, will take vengeance for them um, on them for selling him. And in response to their concern, Yosef um, specifically used a, lo- a similar lotion to Yaakov of, am I instead of Hashem? No, like, don't worry, brothers, I'm not going to take out any vengeance. On you, don't fear. Well, the Vishnu has Dina Bateva also. We know Yaakov Avinu put Dina in a, in a, in a box when they were going getting to Esav. Esav, Esav wouldn't set his eyes on her and want to marry her. Certainly, Yaakov's Kavana was was good. He wanted to avoid Dina being, you know, stuck with the, with not, not the best Shedok with Esav. But he did withhold Chesed from his, his brother Esav in that. If Dina would have married Esav, could be Dina could have been Makar of Esav, turned him around. As we know, the Gemara says that when it comes to husband and wife, if the wife is a Sadekas and the husband is a Russia, the Gemara says that the wife will flip the husband. But if the opposite is true, the wife is the, the Russia, Russia, and the husband is the Tzaddik, same thing. It goes after the wife. The wife will still, can still flip the husband. It goes after the wife. The wife's influence on the husband is, is huge. So, so Yaakov could have Given the Dina the opportunity to be Makar Vesa, but he didn't. So because of that, Amr Medrish, Amr Lakadosh Baruch Hu, La Mas Meir Eyu Chesed. One who withholds Chesed from his friend, Lo Bigacha La Sia Lamol. He didn't let him, um, didn't let Esav, didn't let Dina marry a circumcised person, i.e. Esav, because Esav was was Mal, as we know. Arayi Nisais Laro. So therefore, as Amidikanimida, she ended up being Nisais married, so to speak, to an Arul, an uncircumcised person, referring to Shemel Chamor. Uh, when he violated Dina with that whole incident. Also, you didn't want her to get married in a mutter way. Again, through Esav, they would have had a shidduch. So then again, referring to the incident with Shem um, Hamor, um, she'll marry someone through uh, a forbidden way, through the violation of that Shem did to her. So again, we see that Yaakov was held to such a madriga that even though he had really good intentions, he was punished for it. Another example, Yosef, when Yosef was in the jail and he said to the Saramashkim, when the Saramashkim, he gave him these good tidings and the Saramashkim was going to go free and the Sarofim was going to be executed. He told the Saramashkim, okay, you're going back to Paro. Please tell him, don't, you know, don't forget about me, he said. Please remind Paro that I'm here. And, and famously, Rashi over there quotes the Medrash that says he, had, he would added 
had two years added to a sentence because of that even slightest lack of emunah and mitachan and Hashem, that Hashem would take him out in the right time. Yosef Asmo, also Yosef himself, he embalmed Yaakov Vino when he passed away in order to be able to bring him to Hebron, to bury him there, to maintain the body. Obviously, embalming is, is what maintains the body so it doesn't decay, yet that was inappropriate because we know Tzadikim's bodies don't decay, they remain intact. So Yosef should have had more respect for his father to know he was on a level to, to not decay and not embalm without being commanded by um, by Hashem to do so. Or another opinion of what Yosef's wrongdoing was in this, in this instance, um, that when the brothers, when they were, before Yosef revealed himself to the brothers and the brothers were concerned and, and, and they brought up in Yemen and Yosef was going to keep in Yemen, um, they referred to their father Yaakov as Avdecha Avinu, your servant, our father, which is obviously a disrespect to, to Yaakov to say that he's your servant, Yosef, and Yosef didn't um, deny it. He didn't challenge them. That was also a, a lack of covet for their father. Either way, this the example of the bombing Yaakov without um, Hashem's commandment or not uh, challenging this statement of as a result, Yosef passed away before his brothers. As we know, again, Mida Kenegad Mida, keep it of aim. You got a long life, so Yosef's life was, was somewhat shortened to be buried uh, and died before his brothers as a result of that lack of covet for his father. Another example from David HaMalach, Lefisha Karol, the Divrei Torah, Zemiros, David HaMalach in Tehillim says, Lashon, of uh, calling the Torah Zemiros, Zemiros Hayolichu Kecha, which is a slight disrespect or, or a little bit for, for the Cheshivas of Torah. He was punished when it came to an incident with Uzzah that um, they were, the, the Aron was taken by the Plishtim and it was staying in Avinadav's house for many years. David Amalek wanted to finally bring it to Yerushalayim and they were traveling with it and he had it being carried by wagons, which was not the proper cover for the Aron. You know, the Aron was supposed to be carried by Levim and Kohanim. So because of that, something happened. The, the wagons um, you know, hit a bump or something and, and the, the, the Aron fell over. And the son, um, Uzzah, which is the son of Abinadav, grabbed to try to catch the Aron, and because he touched it, and obviously, unless you're supposed to be carrying the Aron, you're not allowed to touch it, he, he died on the spot. So that dampened the whole experience, and, and to the point where even it, it, it halted the trip to Yerushalayim, and he ended up leaving the, the Aron elsewhere uh, for a little while before it actually made its way to Yerushalayim. Also, Michal Lefisha Ochicha, as David, I'm sorry, Vinis Arbva Simchasa, and as a result, the simcha, like I mentioned, was disrupted in that in that instance, and the, he wasn't able to accomplish what he wanted at that moment in time to bring it to Yerushalayim. But there's similar along the same story um, when they finally did bring it to Yerushalayim, and they were dancing through the streets. Um, David Melch was dancing uh, very joyously in front of the Aaron. He was the king, and Michal, uh, the wife of David, gave him tochacha lefisho chicha as David b'mashiraka b'chas b'fei Aaron. She felt it was it was not proper covered for the king to dance in such a way in front of the Aaron, so she. Gave him to Chacha, she rebuked him for it. So she was punished that she disrespected the king and David Malach in that way, uh, that she did not have children until the day she died. And I just noticed, I noticed this, that these two examples, one after the other, one showed David's lack of kavod, so to speak, for the Torah, and the fact that he referred to it as Miros, which showed his, you know, sweet relationship with Torah, which was a slight lacking. And then the example by Michal was 
in an example where David Melch was dancing, even possibly too wild. Obviously not too wild because she was wrong for rebuking him. But you, but still, you see, there didn't say David was wrong for doing that, right? Michal was wrong for chastising him. So just to point out that even though David Melch did refer to it as mirrors, it's not to say that he's he was it was so inappropriate for him to have that kind of feeling about Torah to be so simple to dance and want to feel like Torah is like a song. There was room for that, but in David Amal's level, there was a slight lack of Hashimah's Torah in the way that he called it, Azmir uh, Sayyidi Chukach. And a final example, Chizkiyahu, Levi Shehara El Sari Melech Bavel, Es Nechosa, he showed off the, the treasure houses to the the uh, the kings of the ministers and of the king of, of, of Bavel. As a result, Nigzar Al Banabli Yosef Sarisim Vehechal Melech Bavel. So as a result, his descendants, um, the uh, were in, ended up in the house of of the king of Babel as as servants as a result of that. And there are many other examples like this where righteous people are judged um, to uh, to the greatest level of detail. So that's the end it for today. We see again many, many examples where tzaddikim were, were uh, judged on a great level because of the level that they are. They, they were judged even to hair's breadth. And it's important to appreciate when we say the judgments and these punishments, this is not because Hashem is a, a vengeful king and he's, you know, just, okay, you did something, here's a slap on the wrist. As, as we saw, the Mishra specifically gave these examples where each one was midah, and there's a reason for that. Hashem works measure for measure. Why? Because these punishments are tikkunim, they're fixes. If there's a, a pagam, some lacking in a certain midah for this person, so then the punishment is in that category. Why? In order to fix that thing. It's all tikkun. It's always tikkun. This, uh, we should never think that the din that we're talking about when it comes to Hashem's punishment for judgment for us, that it's any sort of vengeance or it's an anger that's just like, uh, you know, a smack just for the sake of, oh, I'm so angry at you, I'm going to smack you for this. You, you bad boy. No, it's it's always tikkun. It's always done. There's always chesed within that because ultimately if it's tikkun, that means that's tikkun that's taken care of for us in this world. And we don't have to take care of that tikkun in the next world. Um, with any sort of Gehenna or anything like that. So, halal, we should be zocha to be mamtik all of our dinim, to, to, to figure out ways to, uh, to do our ch- proper chuvas that we don't need to deal with any punishments, um, um, at all. And halal, um, continue along this path, um, ashrecha that, ashreinu that we're, we're still on this path, we're still sharim, and halal, we should reach the level of sadikim, um, that Hashem should judge us l'chotasara, but always with, with amtaka, with sweetness, and we should see any judgment from Hashem only as a chesed, uh, because ultimately it's for our good to help us fix ourselves uh, to get the perfect perfection for us, if, um, if that's what we need. L'chaim, you have a wonderful day. You have been listening to a shear by Hachzeik. If you have been impacted, please share with others. For the daily shear, please visit Hachzeik.com or call 516-600-8080.